The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 15th chapter. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. It really goes without saying that the whole point of planting a grapevine is to get some grapes. Every year, gardeners till and lay down seed in this remarkable act of faith that somehow, between springtime and harvest, there will be growth, and especially that that growth will be fruitful. You don't plant a vineyard just to watch it grow, and you don't delight in vines if they never produce any grapes. In fact, it is a curse of biblical proportions to plant and not to enjoy the harvest, to cultivate a vineyard and watch someone else steal its fruit. It is God's heartbreaking lament in Isaiah that he once had a vineyard, his chosen people, a vineyard to which he gave every advantage. He found the richest soil, he dug and cleared away the stones, and he planted it with the very best vines. He guarded it and even built a wine press in eager anticipation for the harvest. And he looked for his vineyard to yield grapes, but instead it only ever produced wild fruit and thorns. It's such a tragedy because the whole point is the fruit. The whole reason you put in the effort, digging and watering and weeding and pruning and scaring away the critters, the whole reason you do all of that, enduring the sweat and the dust with which Adam was cursed, is so that you can have some grapes, so that your plants will bear fruit. That really goes without saying, but I'm saying it anyway. Because the translation into your life as a Christian is perhaps not always so obvious or so clear. You have been planted and watered and fed so that you can bear fruit. And the fruit you bear is love. This is what you are for. One of the reasons this may not be so obvious is that purpose is generally a pretty unpopular idea. 
we tend to be okay with the idea of finding your purpose, by which we mean something like discovering what you're passionate about. But the idea that you are here for some reason quite apart from your own choosing, the idea that your life is not simply what you make of it or the meaning that you bring to it, that idea grates against our modern sensibilities. But when you see an apple tree in an orchard or a grapevine in a vineyard, you don't wonder what they're for. You know they are for bearing fruit. It's as plain as day. And it should not be any more surprising that you are for something too. You are for bearing fruit. And the fruit that you bear is love. Now pay attention to what this means in the details of your life. The fruit that you bear is not love and something else. Just like an apple tree doesn't produce apples and oranges. What good fruit could there be besides love? Wealth? Freedom? Independence? Happiness? Nothing is good unless it is in service to love. This means, then, that your life is characterized by single-heartedness. There is one thing that you're after. There is one thing that you're for, just as there is one great commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, from which flows the second great commandment, to love your neighbor. You should take stock and ask yourself whether you are single-hearted. Because if you find that you are at times devoted to something other than God, that you are driven by something other than love, that you are more like an unruly branch, following your whims and becoming entangled with yourself and uninterested in producing good fruit, if you discover that that's you to any degree, then you won't be surprised when the vine dresser sets out to prune you. Pruning is such an interesting thing. You're probably not surprised when you see a gardener with a set of pruning shears going after a bush because you're used to the sight. But at first glance, the gardener with the shears is doing something that appears cruel and destructive. That's how I feel about strawberries. Planting strawberries, in my estimation, is a horrible experience. Because the first year that you plant your strawberries, you are supposed to pluck all of the blossoms as soon as they appear. The blossoms, which I'll remind you, lead to the berries, which again is the whole point of planting in the first place. But no, you're supposed to pluck them because it's better for the plants in the long run. It is counterintuitive. It runs against every bone in my body to destroy those beautiful flowers, and it is awful having to wait an entire year to get any strawberries. Likewise, a vine dresser will prune away most of a grapevine, reducing it to something rather dead-looking and uninspiring every year, and then trimming all but the best-placed, most fruitful stems as it begins growing back. That is how you cultivate good, healthy, abundant fruit. 
But the key is this. To the experienced vine dresser, the pruned vine does not look dead and uninspiring. It looks well-trained for producing incredible grapes. Carry this picture forward with you into your life. You are a fruitful branch attached to a life-giving vine. You are not an unfruitful branch which is lopped off and tossed into the fire. You're not unfruitful because, as Jesus says to his disciples, you have his word. In your baptism, you were given the gift of Jesus' name with the wordy water, and the first fruit that you bore was faith. Love for the God who rescued you from death. Love for the Father who gave his only Son to you. And just like that, you became a fruitful branch, fed and nourished by the life-giving vine, Jesus himself. But God is not done with you yet. Like a faithful vine dresser, he sets out to prune you, to make you more fruitful, to bring from you even better fruit. What is pruned from your life may surprise you. It may seem like God is plucking all the blossoms just as they are about to bear fruit. And how much needs to be pruned may upset you. It may seem like God is reducing you to a dead, uninspiring stump. This pruning may seem cruel and destructive, like when good things that we love are taken away. At other times, we may see how this pruning, in fact, saves our lives, like when evil things we love are rooted out. But you can be absolutely certain of this. The vine dresser is merciful and loving, and the vine is already perfect. You have a Heavenly Father who wants so badly to be loved by you that He is willing to do even what pains you, and risk seeming cruel and destructive in order to make you better. You have a Savior who has gone through death to life in order to feed you and nourish you, to be your inexhaustible source of love forever. So abide in Him. Eat and drink His life-giving food and grow more fruitful in His love. Really, Why would you do anything else? This is what you're for. And as you abide in him, and especially as you are pruned, thank God with all the rest of us that he is having such good use of you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.